Well, hello there. Hello. How are you, Caroline? <laughs> oh, I'm very well, thank you. The sun's shining. It's all good. What, How about you? Know, I'm good. I mean, you know, obviously we've had some good news this week. So yeah. I'm feeling different, better, good, anxious, a whole mixture. But no, I'm, I'm good. You know, it's the, it's the news we wanted. What about you? How's your week been? Absolutely. Uh, it's not, not too bad. I've, I've been quite busy investigating um, electronics manufacturing services, EMS. Oh, okay. Um, so I, what prompted it, the research was that there was a 1.3% growth in the uh, electronics components and boards manufacturing in the UK in 2019, wow. which was great. But I wanted to see if the pandemic has um, affected the the fortunes of the industries. You are a busy little bee, aren't you? (laughs) I mean, we also had Brexit, didn't we, officially in January. Would that have had an effect? I know there's lots of um, EMS in Eastern Europe. Would the UK have to pay more or seek alternatives? How does that all stand? Well, that's the interesting thing. They're trying to work it all out. Um, So... I was thinking that the, that too. Well, how they're going to work together, um, what the tariffs might be, what the the deal might bring, um, and if it would be good or bad or indifferent for the UK industry. Mm. Would it mean a new way of working? Mm. Um, so, and of course, talking of ways of working, there's more increased automation in these services. So, yeah. what does that mean, perhaps, for um, these EMS companies? And then we've got new and emerging technologies. So we've got, uh, there's more medical and there's uh, electric vehicles. They all need new kinds of technologies and uh, boards. And I just wondered if these were perhaps driving any changes in the EMS business models. Yeah, and I suppose you're right. They are going to be thriving, aren't they? Those new areas, as you said, medical and electric vehicles are just, that's just popping up everywhere now. But there are several Mm. UK EMS companies, aren't they? Um, But the aptly named direct, at the aptly named dynamic EMS seems a good place to ask more questions and that leads nicely into the fact that we're joined today aren't we by John John Dignan managing director of dynamic EMS welcome John thank you very much for inviting me along for a chat <laughs> it's very nice I hope, I hope, very nice to meet hope, you across zoom I hope we've got a coffee cups ready let's <laughs> oh, settle in <laughs> So, John, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Now, I see that uh, Dynamic EMS posted its performance and projection statement recently. How did the company perform in 2020? It must have, well, this historic year, nothing probably was went as expected. How, how did it go? Yeah, 2020 for us, they started off a first quarter, which is January to March for us in the financial world. Uh, started off exceptionally well. We had the best first quarter we've had in my kind of 15 years uh, with the company. And then obviously as March rolled along, uh, COVID came in and we called it the COVID cycle hit our business. But since March, uh, we as a business, we haven't really missed a day in terms of production. Uh, we're in good shape. We've got a, a very diversified customer base. Uh, that was deemed to support some of the critical, critical infrastructure products that we were involved in. So whilst we were kind of servicing our traditional businesses, we started to see a bit more traction in the medical market, uh, particularly with uh, medical diagnostics. Uh, and we kind of got involved with a, the UK Ventilator Consortium and started to produce components for uh, building ventilator systems for a company called BE Systems. 
uh, we were involved in a additional uh, diagnostics for looking at uh, blood, blood diagnosis, uh, detection of COVID. So over the piece, the, the, the kind of 2020 financial status of the business was revenues were down. We uh, serviced our, our customers to death and a, our profitability uh, came back at about 4% EBIT. So whilst in the UK we've got roughly about 238 competitors uh, across the UK, and whilst many of those competitors were kind of struggling a little tad, we seem to ride the wave and the organisation's extremely resilient, as is the sector. Uh, so we kind of replicate some of the, the modelling we did in 2008 during the financial crisis, uh, and we returned a, a reasonable profit, which yeah. was uh, bode us well for this year. Yeah, but that's always good to hear. So we'll come perhaps to some of the, the medical that you talked about, but the critical infrastructure projects, can you tell us more about what's involved with those, with any examples? So for about, oh, for about I don't know, over 20 years, we've been involved in managing critical infrastructure businesses, uh, and it's a big part of our business portfolio. Uh, so we're involved in supporting a, things like the Nightingale Hospital, the Louisa Jordan Hospital here, with critical infrastructure in terms of a CCTV type technologies, uh, and these also service uh, not just hospitals but prisons, airports, military sites, uh, and settings where you want to protect your assets, i.e., petrochemical industry, oil and gas sector. Uh, so that kind of critical infrastructure business uh, continued. We also are heavily involved with all the. Uh, municipal water companies in the UK, so the infrastructure around those utilities and the protection of those utilities, as well as fire prevention technology and national grid technology, all kind of bode us well. They're our kind of foundation customers, and they didn't really go away during COVID. There's still a requirement for asset protection, as I say, and uh, some of the infrastructure uh, that we need to support as a nation. Uh, and our products served as well uh, over that period. I mean, we've spoken to other companies, John, and they've told us how they pivoted from one line to another. That was focused on battling COVID. Has that been the case with Dynamic EMS? It's quite an interesting question because we've always been involved in working with leading age uh, technology companies who, to some degree, their products are driven by legislation. So part of our sales strategy is to engage with early startup developmental companies uh, and lead them through the process uh, of getting a product to market, commercialising a product, and then getting a product through into higher volume manufacturing. So just due to the nature of our, our uh, clients, we've actually got quite a lot of longevity in our customer base. Uh, and COVID brought along the opportunity kind of positive and negative, uh, COVID brought along opportunities for us to, to move into or, or capture businesses in the medical sector. Uh, interestingly enough, some of those customers were US and China based and they pivoted their businesses to move from diagnostic testing into consumable markets. So we were looking at lateral flow testing. Uh, they were moving into a consumable market and then in, in terms of swabs and stuff of that ilk and move their businesses, which had a downturn to some degree on our traditional medical markets. But it also brought the opportunity there where we got involved in uh, how do you detect COVID, how do you uh, manage uh, patients that have got COVID, 
and we got involved in looking at wearable technologies uh, for uh, remote monitoring of patients because the last thing you really want to do is have uh, exposure or too much exposure to, to a high volume of COVID mm -hmm. patients. So we, we got in, engaged in a, a good bit of that business, which is still ongoing. And in order to get areas like construction back up and running, uh, we got involved in technologies that were looking at social distancing mm. and implementing uh, kind of social distancing technology. So we utilised our network that we have of uh, technology partners to look at those types of products and get them from a development phase through to manufacturing phase in very short cycle times. And we're certainly encouraged by that. Uh, I mean, a good example of COVID and how people reacted to it is the fact that we have a vaccine in 10 months. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, if COVID hadn't come along, what would have happened? Uh, you know, so there's been a lot of urgency in, in, in projects that probably would have been a two-year project being condensed into a six-month project. Yeah. And because of the nature of our people and our business, we've been very flexible and adaptable into actually working and capturing those business. And uh, clarity the nature of our business and how we how we engage with customers is, is, is bold us well over the piece. That's phenomenal. And I mean, what are the other areas in which you're seeing innovation or which might be gaining market share in EMS? So we we kind of see mega trends that have evolved out of the of the COVID uh, pandemic. Uh, certainly, mega trends that we're we're seeing obviously in in, in medical devices. Uh, we're seeing it across dentistry. We're seeing it across uh, a a variety of markets. Uh, FinTech. I mean, when was the last time we all used cash? Uh, we're seeing it in agritech, yeah. where you know this idea of internationalisation, globalisation. People are starting to say, well, you know what? Maybe we should have a different way of growing a, a farming in, in the UK. So agritech's a big area across the globe at the minute. A aquaculture, in terms of where your food's coming from, in terms of the fish markets, a, are all kind of raising their head. Artificial intelligence raising its head. So it's really just shifted uh, everything up a gear, hasn't it? It's made. <laughs> it's like... it, it has, <laughs> and it has a, in some cases quite extremely. In other cases, people are kind of looking and saying, "Well, is there a, a is there actually a market for for the technologies we're trying to to uh, get in, get into a marketplace?" IoT is another emerging market that we're the Internet of Things that we're, we're heavily involved mm. in. So in terms of longevity of the EMS industry, there will always be markets there that are evolving. COVID, I think, has just pushed a lot of those markets uh, along in terms of in terms of momentum. Yeah. Uh, and, and as a business, we'll continue to to look at those market spaces and do business opportunity analysis to see if there is something there for the EMS uh, producers to actually. Uh, to grow those market sectors. And it sounds like you are, you know, as as your name dictates, dynamic because you're very, you know, you're you're obviously very adaptable to these markets. I mean, there's a lot lot of change going on there, and you sounds like you're moving very quickly with the times on those things. Yeah, I think that's one of the key things uh, within our our business here at Dynamic is we've got uh, quite a well established workforce with an average service of about eighteen years, uh, and the you know, the culture of the business is such that it's very collaborative, it's very paternalistic, and people realise that they have to bend and flex and be flexible in order for us to maintain, we've, you know, we've got no God-given right to be on the EMS landscape. Mm -hmm. You've got to work extremely hard to be there, and uh, 
you know, people here are, are very flexible, adaptable, and we develop dynamic business models per customer. So the real thing there is that our customers are all coming in different flavors. We mentioned things like aquaculture, agritech, traditional defense businesses, homeland security. All those customers have got different needs mm. uh, and different aspirations, different objectives. And uh, by having an open culture with them, we understand their business plans and we can dovetail our business into theirs as we do with our on our supply side. So we tend to look at the whole kind of value add from supplier through to customer and customer's customer and look at where we can produce value. Uh, and that's really where dynamic of kind of that kind of methodology has served us well over the past kind of certainly 15 years I've been kind of with dynamic EMS. Yeah, I mean, and, and I know Caroline's dying to ask you something, but I'm just, but I'm just, I'm intrigued here. I, do you do you think as well, John, that with the with obviously the pandemic and you know it's okay by June everything's going to be back to normal apparently. I mean, we'll yeah. see. But obviously, with that news in line, do you feel that um, companies are going to be making even more provisions now because of this or do you think things will go back to a little bit more of a normality i I think this kind of timeline of june is quite an interesting one uh, from the perspective of the fact that everyone sees the light at the tunnel at the end of june and you know people will still be in recovery Mm. uh, particularly in uh, the supply chain for Mm. us Uh, the supply chain to some degree has went to sleep Mm. Uh, and there is, you know, we will get to a point where component parts will have longer lead times, which we're seeing today, mm-hmm. and there'll be an increase in cost for those parts coming out of per se the Far East. Uh, and whilst the demand will be there, it'll be a difficult job fulfilling that demand based on component availability. Mm-hmm. So our supply chain and what we call supply chain velocity, <clears throat> how, how quickly can we get a product from any location on the globe into our stores here? into our stock here is going to be a challenge for all EMS providers, yeah. particularly with the issue of Brexit uh, looming around. We're seeing uh, product being held up at customs. Uh, you need to go to Felixstone and look at some of the uh, the stocks and stuff that are lying out in the seawater at the moment. So we will be challenged, as will any EMS provider in most industries, with uh, Brexit and logistics uh, associated with and costs associated with incoming incoming freight as well. So there's challenges after June that uh, we faced as an industry. They will just be compounded by COVID, mm-hmm. uh, Brexit, uh, and whatever other uh, tsunami they throw at us. Interesting <laughs> times, isn't it? Interesting times. <laughs> We're always up for a challenge. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, well, why not? Sorry, Caroline, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let you actually get a word in edgeways now. No, not at all. Actually, you've sparked another question. So, so John, are there? Um, are you experiencing severe shortages with um, coming across from mainland Europe with tariffs and oh, holdups at Felixstowe? What sort of delays are you so, seeing? So, what, what, with dynamic being dynamic, uh, what we've tended to do is work closely with our, our customer base and look at extended orders, uh, forecast planning forecast what their demand would be say between now and the end of the year and we're working with our suppliers then to position material uh, associated with those forecasts which will push and pull over the, the next 12 months uh, but we are seeing extended delays uh, Chinese New Year at the moment where most of the the printed circuit boards uh, that we, we use to manufacture product come from there on their, their annual uh, holidays uh, their New Year 
so that is kind of compounding. We have seen extended lead times. We're hearing uh, there's been some fires as well in, in manufacturing facilities, semiconductor facilities in the Far East, uh, and that's compounding some issues for us. But your traditional lead time on parts is probably 8 to 12 weeks. We've seen some of those parts being extended out to 28 to 32 weeks. Uh, so what we're trying to do there is work with customers to get better forecasts, firm orders in place so we can then position inventory and have it around us uh, when we need to convert that into into product. But there are challenges there, as mm. you'd imagine. So do you think things like the Chinese New Year is going to be a, a, a finite um, delay and the same with fires, uh, hopefully? Yeah. Um, and, of course, you've got the snow... Um, storms out in Austin, Texas. So I don't know if you get many of your component parts from there, which is holding things up. But uh, do you see these being um, obstacles that can be overcome? Or do you think that sort of Brexit and the tariffs is going to permeate further into the new year and into maybe 2020 with delays and paperwork? I, I, I think uh, the EMS sector is extremely resilient. Uh, and where there's a will, there's a way, and we always find a way. Uh, and I think uh, those people that are flexible, adaptable, and can find a way will, will bear uh, the fruits of that. I think uh, probably by our quarter four, I would hope by the October period that things will have settled down and people will be in a position to, to uh, you know, vaccines will have rolled out, the US will be in a better position, uh, Central Europe will be in a better position. And I would hope by then that some of the fears we've we've all had around Brexit will have kind of stabilised, uh, and then we can kind of understand it better and push on. Uh, we are seeing a lot of, uh, as I say, a lot of issues around component supply, and obviously suppliers are. Uh, we've got 24 strategic suppliers under our roof that we've worked with for many years, so they get full visibility of what our requirements are, uh, and we're hoping that they'll be in a position to to position inventory for us. So. Will it settle down? My hope is it will settle down kind of October period, uh, once the world wakes up again, uh, or fully wakes up. Will we return to a norm, how we traded before COVID? Probably not. Uh, but we'll adapt. We're a bit chameleon-like. We'll adapt and change, and uh, we'll come out with business models that work, yeah. both for ourselves and our customers. I always say where there's a... Uh, trade will always continue, and I'll always find a way to do that. Uh, and, uh, you know, we can navel-gaze, and people do navel-gaze around the complexity of Brexit, but that doesn't really get the job done. Right. So by being fairly fit and agile on your on your feet, you've been able to make up for some of these uh, shortages? Yeah, delays. I think yeah, it all great. comes down to planning, scenario analysis, and uh, really how you how you view it and how you, how you run your business. So I think we'll find a way around most of these issues, and we always have. Uh, it's just a case of planning, working with your suppliers and your customers to try and define what the needs are and uh, put the put the things in place that will deliver products to them. Okay, great. Can I take you back? You mentioned <clears throat> and you're in some really interesting areas with agritech and aquaculture, AI. You mentioned IoT, um, which we're writing about a lot, and obviously Industry 4.0 and all the increased automation. So. Do you think this is going to change the EMS market? I think the the, the uh, I mentioned that the market itself is a bit communal like and we adapt to to the changes in our market space. I think IoT is a if you go back 
maybe greater than 10 years, there was end-to-end telemetry where everybody was machine-to-machine talking and doing all that stuff. But IoT uh, is one of those kind of technologies which is based around, mainly around LoRaWAN technology. But it's a data capture uh, business. Everybody wants data. Uh, We see IoT and everything from aquaculture to building management systems uh, to to looking at the freight lane technology. So IoT, albeit it's it's a a market sector, it's quite a diversified technology that can be used and adapted across many sectors. And I see that as being being an area of growth for uh, EMS companies. More and more IoT companies are coming out there. The demand for data is huge uh, and it will continue to, to, to kind of multiply. Uh, so I see that as a, a significant market. Uh, automation Industry 4.0, I think uh, more and more people are looking at automation as a way of reducing costs and increasing flexibility uh, in their businesses. But if I've learned anything from COVID is that humans want to talk to humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I think there'll always be a space for, 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 for people to be working within uh, within manufacturing companies as there is always a space for improvement in, in the technologies that build products, and that's, I think, where we, the theory of automation industry 4.0 would, would fit in well. Okay. Uh, I think a lot of listeners will be surprised that there is so much happening in the UK EMS market, actually. I mean, there were fears ahead of Brexit that the supply chain would be in danger or jobs would disappear. Mm. I mean, what's been Dynamics EMS's experience of that, John? So our headcount here is about 90 people. Mm-hmm. I, we haven't lost anybody on the paid anybody off. I, we don't see, certainly 2021, uh, any of that changing. Yeah. I, our business model kind of facilitates that headcount. We move into the financial business model, but it facilitates that headcount. Uh, our business went down in terms of sales, as I said in the opening kind of discussion last year. Uh, but not that dramatically that we would, we would have to lose headcount. Mm. Uh, I am aware of EMS industry that, you know, there are some people uh, where they're headquartered in Europe per se, so they're divisions of European-based companies where the mothership has decided that all manufacturing will be done per se in Belgium, mm. and they have they have a look to close facilities here and, and in the local community where we, we are in Fife. There's two companies uh, in the kind of uh, kind of engineering stroke electronics industry where they are they, they will be closing within the next couple of months, uh, so people have been given kind of 90 days notice. On the positive side mm-hmm. to that, if Dynamic EMS grows, there's an employment uh, group there that we can we can utilise. Uh, our plan is to grow our business kind of 15% year on year, uh, so. You know, there will be a, a kind of community of people, hopefully, uh, that uh, we can help along and get them back into employment uh, in, in that kind of growth cycle. Yeah. Uh, Great. I mean, thank you for joining us today. It's been very eye-opening. It's been an eye-opening chat. I mean, it's very, very real, but also, you, you know, very optimistic. It feels really encouraging for the future of the UK electronics manufacturing. And I, I, I do feel, you know, as I have done with all these chats that I've done with Caroline, that... It's really, it is really positive. There is a lot emerging out of this that is very positive yeah. for the future, don't you think, Caroline? Absolutely. I mean, the ingenuity uh, and the 
agility of companies is what's standing out, I think, isn't it, Nicole, when we're talking to people yeah. that whatever uh, you'll be touched on two of the horsemen of the apocalypse, like Brexit, COVID, <laughs> we don't know what's going to come next, but people have been able to you know, change track and, and switch their manufacturing. Like you know, John was talking about Nightingale hospitals yeah. and ventilators. And, you know, it's it's really impressive what people are doing. And uh, it does make you a little bit more hopeful for whatever comes next. We'll be all right. It, <laughs> it does. And also, I, I was speaking to someone the other day and I sort of mentioned that, you know, when we had that awful 9-11 situation. And even after that, I remember, and I'm sure you both remember, it changed dramatically the way we travelled, yeah. but it also changed all the mm-hmm. sectors, all the security, everything, you know, manufacturing, yeah. lecture, that would have changed the sector dramatically. And it's, you yeah. you know, you sort of forget that these things happen. I mean, obviously this has been something that we w- haven't experienced in our lifetime, COVID, but that was a significant event that really did change the way we lived our lives. I can remember the first time I travelled and just being like, oh, you just took so much for granted, didn't you? But equally, what comes with it is an upgrade. It's like upgrades. It's the world upgrades. Yeah. And it's, you know, companies like um, yours, John, that that really do upgrade with them and, and, and move with the times. And that's important for significant growth in not just markets, but life, I would say. Yeah, I, th- I think it's that old statement, change evolve or become extinct. And I don't yeah. think yes. any of us want to be extinct. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we've got to change with the times yeah. and across all facets of, of, of a personal life, business life, you've got to change with the times. And, uh, you know, in this current situation, the options are limited to change yeah. in terms of in terms of the pandemic. Yeah. When the pandemic's gone, then yeah. the world will be a bit different. Absolutely. Uh, I'm glad that we didn't get extinct. To be fair, John, I'm glad. Well, be, I did think at one point a system might, of reorder. Yeah, I did think at one point we might see some zombies, and it was going to get quite apocalyptic. But we, uh, you know, we've we've done we've done good with the help of companies like yourself. So thank you. I think that brings us nicely to the end of this podcast. Um, I'm Nicole P.S. Turner. My co-host is Caroline Hayes. And our special guest today was John Dignam, Managing Director of Electronic Equipment Manufacturer, Dynamic EMS. John, where can people find you if they want to find out more about what you do? Anybody interested, uh, look on the internet, www.dynamic-ems.com. Go to our media hub and uh, there's some interesting stuff in there uh, around our business uh, and around our philosophy. So uh, I'd encourage anyone interested, go have a look. Fabulous. Well, thanks for joining us today, John. Thank you for your time. Yeah, great. Thank you, John. (laughs) Well, it certainly is goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Oh, lovely. And thank (laughs) you, obviously, everybody who's listening. This is That Engineering Chat Podcast, Chatty Hatter's engineering podcast that talks to leaders in the electronics and manufacturing industries. To hear our other chats, make sure you subscribe at Apple or Spotify. And if you like it, please remember to rate us so others can find us too. If you are an engineering company and have topics you would like to see covered, Or if you're a company, you'd like to be part of the conversation as our podcast guest, please contact us by email, hello at chattyhatter.com or visit our website, chattyhatter.com. So that's it for today. Thank you, Caroline, as always. And thank you, John. My pleasure. (laughs) All right. Have a good rest of the day. And uh, let's, let's, yeah, look forward to more dynamic things for the future.
Well, that was good, wasn't it, Nicole? I thought that was really interesting about the positive EMS industry. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. And I always think that I sort of know a fair bit about things. And then I talk to people like John and I realise that I, there's a lot that I don't know about. So it was very, <laughs> it was very interesting. And just all the different industries, it really got me thinking about all the different sectors that are changing and diversifying because of what's happened in the past nearly year. That's right. It's it's a real mark of the industry that they are able to pivot to new things like uh, new positive things like helping with ventilator manufacture and things like that yeah. um, to keep a to keep the jobs going, but also to help with this terrible pandemic. But yeah. I was really impressed that uh, Dynamic is looking at emerging things like like wearable devices and fintech and um, agritech and aquaculture um, AI is, is huge at the moment. It's, we're still trying to get to grips with it, and they're already working on those projects. Yeah, and the AI one was one I was really interested to find out a bit more about, actually, and also agriculture when he touched on that, because that's an industry um, that, I mean, my, my, my stepdad is a farmer, and it'd be interesting to just sort of understand how that's implicating those different markets. And I just, there's just so much, isn't there? It's just so much, but very positive absolutely well it just goes to show that if you stand still you fall behind you've just got to keep working in this industry and keeping up with things and keeping on top of trends absolutely keep moving yeah well yeah thank you that was great yeah i really enjoyed it so good to see everyone me too i can't wait to see who you've got lined up for us next caroline until (laughs) next time (laughs) thank you very much (laughs) see you then (laughs) cheers